Hey guys, welcome back. BDCKR here, and we're back with Season 8, Episode 9 of our weekly P and Q and C and A and T videos, which are now just Q and A videos, but yeah. all the time saved up with the new title yeah. and uh, issues that that was supposed to avoid get sort of superseded when I get into the old mode and can't help but add all the extra letters in. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so what's happening this week? So, so I, I, I never mentioned this, I think, on the uh on our videos but i about maybe two months ago i don't even know how i did it. i i hurt my right ankle to the point where it was actually painful to walk so i had trouble skipping rope which is my cardio this is the only cardio that i do mm -hmm. and as i slowly recovered and rehabbed I, I finally back up to what i was doing before but i realized too as i'm getting older there's certain things i used to take for granted that i could do that at very soon I'm going to stop being able to. I mean, it's not as extreme. It's not like I'm going to be in a nursing home and stuff and um, having somebody wipe my bum for me. Speaking of which, anyways, um, so the, it's like the footage we got of the salmon ladder, right? When we went to that ninja gym. Yeah. It's nice to have that footage just to show that I could do it. It's nice to have the memory of it, but it's even, I feel like it's even better to just have that kind of um, sort of evidence of it. Mm-hmm. And so I've got, I, I got some footage of a session of skipping rope with um, the 20-pound weighted vest. And the problem is my face is right in it. And unlike the, the weightlifting stuff, which is where it's really easy just to wear masks to obscure your face and wear the glasses, right? Yeah. I'm breathing heavy. It's even worse. It's kind of miserable, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a pretty miserable time doing it. So what I, what I, I had a brilliant idea of recording it and then uh, just blurring the face. And I was gonna, it turns out that Windows Movie Maker is not that great at blurring faces. <laughs> and Big surprise. Yeah, so YouTube has a function where you can blur the face. So I thought, okay, I would just upload the footage to YouTube and then blur the face and then download the footage and then integrate that in our video. Yeah. But it's been probably 10 hours now already, maybe 12. And mm -hmm. YouTube is still blurring the, the faces. It actually takes a lot of time for YouTube to, to make those kind of editing changes. I think that makes sense, though. Does it? Well, because if you're doing machine learning, it like, I, I don't know how it's tracking it and, like, what process it's going through. But it seems like when it's doing that kind of thing for free, it wouldn't be that high on its priority of giving it a lot of mm. sort of server uh, or processing power. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's an editing thing. And then even at the end of it, you have to um, go in make changes and then export the video again, right? Whatever yeah. they're doing. I mean, to put it up on YouTube, they're turning it into a video file and exporting it. And think about how long it takes for us to export, like, videos. That's true. But we are also doing it on a 10-year-old computer. Yeah, and I just think YouTube probably doesn't care that much about giving you a lot of processing power to provide a free service that uh, the vast majority of people don't use, I bet. I guess what I'm just, I wish that there was this, an easier way. There's got to be an easier way. I was look, trying, on uh, Windows 10 at least now, there's some sort of function where you can edit videos that's supposed to replace Windows Movie Maker. Yeah. But I couldn't find anything that even came close to being um, blurring. There was one where you can add flames. Yeah. I was going to try to add flames over like my over face, your the, whole face the whole time. Yeah, but because my face moves so much, it didn't seem to track it. There's like a thing that you can anchor it to something, yeah. and it didn't anchor it properly. And then when uh, my face went off screen at the beginning setting up, yeah. Then I came back, all gone. And when I tried to anchor something else, it anchored like blank space. So it wasn't mm. that useful. Okay. So I guess the point being was, the, why it's relevant to this was that I'd been hoping to use that footage for 
um, today's Q and A, and because you know it's not like the 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 physical lifting feet kind of videos where it's relatively quick and then it's over. It's endurance. Right? This is endurance. Um, so it would be more tedious and boring without some sort of commentary track. And there's only so much you can say about skipping. So I thought our Q and A's are actually the perfect time for it. And I was going to challenge people to say, before you actually watch the end of the video, we want to see guesses in the comments yeah. about where the video, when I would finish and we'd switch over to game footage video. Cause I, I spoiler alert, I'm not doing it for 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that people can always just click ahead and then guess oh, yeah. correctly. Yeah, so there's no prize. It's not, it's, they can't be prized, really, because the honor system would um, have to apply. But what does work guess. is if you're listening to this point of the video now. Oh, guess this guess, week. Yeah, tw so the 20-pound weight, skipping for as long as possible, give your guess between 0 and 50 minutes. I guess my... Um, for how long? The one caveat should be that... Uh, or the one bit of information that might be useful for people to guess, I'm 165 pounds right now. Yeah. Right? Because it would be different if I was 100 pounds or if I was 200 pounds because the 20 pounds it ends up being a lot. See, here's the thing too. I mean, I'm saying I, 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 I'm documenting before I lose it, but I've actually lost a bunch. I, there was a few years there where when I was skipping, I was wearing 22 pounds. And then at some point, my... I, I don't know. It just... I got heavy enough that the extra two pounds was uncomfortable. I even worked up to 24 and had to back off back to 22, but now I'm down to 20 pounds, which is not... Uh, mm -hmm. Weekly. I'm I, I'm on the downhill slope of aging, yeah, which is a little bit sad. So that was the point. And speaking of, because I was saying somebody wiped my bum. So I know you were kind of grossed out by this, but... <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure if this is exactly uh, YouTube-worthy content. But it, this is the update on our, our cat, CB. Because I think we forgot to mention anything about him last week, it feels like. But I, I'm not sure. I mean, it's not everywhere. Our podcast. Our podcast. Yeah, I like that. I, well, who? There was somebody who said, I wish I could remember their name. Yeah. Um, I know I credited it last time in the Q&A. I guess I can look it up, but Doesn't not matter. in the middle of what when we're filming. Um, so, um, yeah. So, Clean Cat, very, very, very fastidious. But there was one day he was walking around. I looked as he was walking away. And he had a hunk of poop um, sticking at the base of his tail. And um, hadn't seen that before. And I really had to, to catch him before he started sitting on different things and smearing it everywhere. And you say catch him before he started sitting on different things and smearing it everywhere. More I things. Spent, I, yeah, more I things. spent about an hour cleaning up things that he had sat on well, <laughs> afterwards. Because I was, I was actually supposed to be working. Um, I tried to catch him as quick as possible. And I did as best as I could to get the biggest chunks off it. And as it turns out, when I looked up afterwards about tips on how to get poop out of cat fur, th there's not a lot of great s suggestions. Most of them are, yeah, bathe your cat. And it seemed like a lot of it was geared towards kittens who weren't good at it yet. And I, I don't think yeah. CB's a kitten. It's just Oh, that, he's absolutely not. But when poo gets into your fur, it doesn't come out easily. So what I'd done was, and this is what most people have suggested anyways, I, I picked them up. I had a paper towel that I'd gotten wet. Yeah. And I tried to just rub it out, but it... it poo really at least his poo really clings to fur yeah there is so at some point he just got tired of me he got frustrated with me trying to clean him so i got the bulk of it out but i couldn't get all of it out and i think eventually he just groomed himself which is a polite way of saying he just licked it right off himself this is nasty it is it's i mean i guess which is nastier that he licks it off himself or that he which would be nastier that he he cleans himself or that he just leaves it there to eventually just drop off yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know They're what both would work. Because you know, with no prehens prehensile 
uh, or opposable thumbs or prehensile tail like a monkey that could probably flick it off or so. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So his toolkit is very limited for dealing with these types of things. So it puts a whole new spin on the idea or not this gives me a whole new perspective on the idea of when he's grooming us and he's licking us with that same tongue. And it's that expression of you, you kiss your mother with that tongue or mouth. You kiss your mother with that mouth. That's the expression. You, not tongue, you, not tongue. You kiss your mother with that tongue, tongue is disturbing. Yeah, it is disturbing. Sorry. I just, I got the whole thing mixed up with it's the cat. Much, the... much nastier. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's really abrasive. So not only, not only is it unpleasant when he uses, like when he licks you on the face, now it's just kind of a little bit gross. Although I'm sure it's not that dirty because he's indoor. He's not catching a whole bunch of stuff. Like he would be if he was outside, right? With all parasites and whatnot, and he's been treated. It's yeah. still um, so. This is the downside. I mean, it's not all um, roses. We've been giving. I think we've been trying to give a pretty realistic picture of what it's been like having a, a new cat in our house. Mm-hmm. But it's it's um, up until now, it's been relatively painless and and really pleasant. Yeah. This was probably the first sort of nasty kind of thing that that uh we've been exposed sometimes to. you gotta clean up poop <laughs> yeah sometimes you gotta clean up poop and sometimes poop's gotta clean you up but <laughs> i don't know that doesn't make sense yeah sorry all right <laughs> Let's say i happens. just riffing on you it. gotta try you gotta try stuff sometimes you're throwing poop at the wall to see what sticks <laughs> this is true um okay so <laughs> our first question and we're gonna get a little bit away we'll come back at the end if we uh burn through all these we're gonna get a little away from the more political questions first to answer some uh actual injustice questions and talk about you know the thing that our channel's about yeah but don't forget to guess how many minutes i think people yeah. have already guessed if they're gonna guess all right probably all right. <laughs> but uh yeah anyways uh first comic comes from raw saw s-a-w-h i don't know how i'd pronounce that yeah, maybe I, so i don't know yeah. as always let us know in the comments if you want me to do a better job next time uh and or forget about it by the time <clears> that it actually <throat> comes around to pronouncing yes. your name again because uh, unfortunately that happens sometimes uh and they say you were thinking of the ultimate warrior and this is uh from a previous discussion that we were having from uh wwe immortals somebody who had a passive that would disable their opponent's passive on tagging on tagging yeah and th- i think so great, thank you very much. That is exactly right, and the, it's the the point I want to make though is that I don't think I I really elaborate on much is that I think it it is a kind of in some ways if when you see the games and they seem so similar so Mortal Kombat X, uh, WWE Mortals, and um, Injustice yeah it feels like a bit of a cheat when they make the obvious part of the game mechanics so similar right yeah it's a fighting game it's a collecting game and in, in a lot of ways, the differences in terms of how you progress and uh, the gameplay stuff, it's, it's, most of it seems like it's pretty superficial, yeah. the differences. But when you play it as much as you do, and the game is actually that enjoyable, then this kind of thing, like this one passive, would be so cool to have an Injustice. If they would only take... if the, I think Injustice could be a, a, a better game if the developers are willing to maybe integrate some of the stuff that's really good. And when I say that, it's not that it's just crossover characters like Scorpion keeps on coming into Injustice, right? Yeah. But if they did some of the features, like we, we always speculate about what would be really great passives, new characters and stuff. This It's sitting right there. It's ready for the taking. They could just bring somebody 
Um, I guess they need to find a character who it would be appropriate for. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they've done so many or other things. Or even just their abilities and not the actual yeah. like, person themselves. Right. Um, so that would be, or even a piece of gear. Mm-hmm. That would be an amazing piece of gear where it had no other ability except when you tag in and negates their passive mm-hmm. for 10 seconds. That would be spectacular. Especially because when you think about <clears> the different abilities that you have in the game, we already have stuff that negates uh, gear, right? Gear shattering effects. Yep. So the negates sort of, power gen? Yeah. But I'm, I'm just talking in terms of like gear effects are something which is different for every piece of gear uh, and is sort of a non-stat directly related effect and not related to the sort of basic <laughs> gameplay loop right? Where they can do other stuff outside of sort of the core mechanics. And passive is the other, the one other thing that it fills basically the same role as gear, right? Where it's just other abilities and they're sort of related to how you play, but not ever um, like one of the sort of core mechanics that everybody has in the game. Right. Yeah. And so it seems like a natural next step where it's like, what are you, you're going to affect gears and whether opponents can use gears, you know, next thing is do the same thing with passives. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there we go. It's unfortunate if we we're still seeing uh, updates to Injustice, uh, that would be something on our sort of wish list. It seems maybe not so practical uh, to hope for that kind of right. s- specific inclusion now with the game the way that it is. But yeah, that, but think of how... I mean, it would be really interesting. Yeah, it wouldn't actually help the fights go faster because I think we've already got it. We're, we're watching the ideal team now that gets through them really fast, right? It, we wouldn't need to negate any passives to do that. But man, how interesting would the fights be if they dropped in and all of a sudden you lost your uh, super duper crit damage on the. Yeah. Flashpoint team. What it creates is it creates a lot <laughs> of opportunity for interesting play. And when you have to play around certain characters because their passive is really specific, yeah. what it lets you do is have a character uh, or de- a designated slot on your team for dealing with anybody whose passive makes you play differently. Yeah, because this would really elevate a team. Like, it wouldn't. For a Flashpoint team, I think we're already where we need to be. But think about the other teams where you you don't play them specifically because you don't have an answer against them. Like say against um, Batman Ninja Catwoman mm-hmm. where when she, her, um, when her, she's got those claws, right? That she does all that. She has all those extra effects. Can you imagine if you could, when that happened, you could drop in your guy and mm-hmm. then make it, uh, ha- have an opportunity where you don't actually have to have a character that's already super powered. You just bring her down to your level. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of cool. So there we go. Uh, our next question comes from Ziggy Ziggs, <coughs> and me. they say, can you explain what a soft lock is and what it means to have an account banned? Because I'm worried my account has been soft locked or something due to my single player battles being locked besides the tutorial, and I've tried pretty much everything. So, the, I guess if we just answer the question literally, um, it's not a ban, what's happening to your account. Um, so we've heard about this glitch happening where people have their offline fights messed up and there's different variations of it, right? The least extreme one is that it's only the first screen where you've lost all the fights except for the one first tutorial and the last bonus battle. Yeah. And then the most extreme is you've lost everything except for the first 
uh, tutorial battle and the first bonus screen. So that means you lo lost all the everything after where you could potentially grind for credits and um, experience. Yeah, yeah, which kind of sucks. And there's no answer for it. It's just a, a, a glitch. Yeah, so that's not a ban, and that's <laughs> a soft lock. A soft lock is anything that basically prevents you from doing stuff that you're supposed to do in a game. Oh, is that what it means? Yeah, and that there's no okay. way out of it. So, like, a soft lock, for example, in a different video game, if it's, like, an adventure game, if there's a way to get stuck in a room where there's no way back out of the room, that's considered a soft lock. Right. And then a hard lock would be something that, like... Like, bricks your save or something like that. Right. So, it's, it's like, you have to restore a previous save state for a soft lock, and a hard lock is something that screws over everything you've done up to that point, and there's, like, no way to get it back. Right. Oh, I guess the problem, that, then, is that you don't really have, like, there's only a current save, and that's it. There's no old save, unless you yeah. do it yourself. So, as far as we know, there's no way to fix that. And, uh, I mean... And if we get more into the specific ideas and the terms that people use, because we take a lot of things for granted because we've been playing for so long, but what people call uh, an account banning is an account suspension. And if your account is suspended, what it, it shouldn't stop you from doing single player. If anything, single player is totally wide open. What it stops you is from uh, accessing the server. Yeah, and multiplayer. And that's also <laughs> multiplayer and updating your server right, save. Right, exactly. So every server function, and the obvious one is a multiplayer, but the not so obvious one for people is that you your progress, um, if you ever lose it and you log back in, it reverts back to the point where you your account was suspended. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting that they even continue <laughs> to store it. The yes. fact that they still let you sign back in and store your data and restore to the point where you got banned, but then not let you use most of the functionality. Right. It is interesting that they they decide to keep the data for you anyways. That never occurred to me. Right? Because they could just delete everything yeah. in your account, and then just when you try to sign in, they just say, your account's <laughs> been banned. You have nothing. Yeah. Right? I wonder if it just would take more effort. Because the other thing, I guess, that if you really just erased it, you, you have to ban it in some way, because if you just erase it, they could just create it again. Yeah, you just have a tag, though, under that email, <laughs> right? You just right. take all the data, and then you have a file, like, you have a thing that says banned, yes, no, and you just clear everything else, and you just say, your account's gone. Bye. Right? Yeah. Because they wouldn't have to delete your local, uh, like, save data. They could still let you keep it, but it's interesting that, like, if you, like, sign in on a different device, they still let you restore it up till the point that you got banned at. Like, they're still keeping all that information on their servers. So, I guess because they've, based on what they've done before, they've made mistakes banning people, right? Yeah. So, it makes me think that part of, one of the potential reasons why they don't do that is so that they don't accidentally screw somebody over where they've made the mistake for whatever rules they had oh, to I do Oh, I guess it. that makes sense. Yeah. So, you don't want anything completely permanent, and freezing them in time is better than taking away some of the progress then people would really be pissed that's true i guess it doesn't matter as much now <laughs> though because the state of the actual support is pretty poor so you're unlikely to get people to respond to you, even if it was you were banned in error yeah that's that's it right like the most one of the most common questions you get when somebody gets their account suspended is well what can you do about it and the answer typically is not much yeah because you're supposed to contact support but support isn't good at responding anymore <laughs> from what we've heard yeah yeah, and I'll tell you what, even when they were responding, I don't think there was a, a great batting average for people who were trying to um, get some help. Yeah. That most people would just 
be banned permanently. Like it just they weren't doing much about it. Yeah. Uh, the one exception was when. Do you remember this? It was on iOS, and they banned everybody basically. who had Red Sun Green Lantern. So because. I guess at that point they had more characters that were auto bans, and we was I say auto ban, I mean that you would they wouldn't it was all automated. If something showed up in online play that was in your collection, yeah, then you would just get banned, and they wouldn't wait until the end of the season. You just get banned immediately. And so I guess with the new challenge characters, like each way back in the day when we actually got updates with new characters, yeah, they would introduce a bunch of new characters in the update, but only release them over time until the next update. And so Red Sun Green Lantern was uh, in the code, but before his challenge, they must have had a ban so that it would trigger if anybody was playing with him too early. Yeah, just like an easy way to pick up people who were cheating. <clears throat> the problem was, I think, it looks like they forgot to change his status when his challenge happened. So people who got his challenge really quickly were excited about playing him online. Boom! Yeah. They, they lost the ability to participate in any online stuff. Um, it was just kind of t- for, <laughs> kind of for funny. about three or four weeks. It was terrible and funny at yeah, the same time. Yeah, it was. It would be funny if it weren't <laughs> so frustrating for people. Uh, it was a funny moment in time, and it doesn't yeah. seem like as big a deal now as it was then because there was a bunch of people, like a lot, a lot of people who were just banned right. for no reason for playing normally. And, yeah, I I remember that thinking, and my memory might be failing me now, but I remember thinking at the time, thank God. People used to complain so much that iOS would get new content before Android. Yeah. And this was one of those examples where iOS got content before Android, and it totally saved us because it meant we heard about all this happening on the forums and did not bother. Um, either we didn't bother or we didn't even get Red Sun Green Lantern's challenge yeah. while they were trying to fix this. I, I just remember that we avoided, we dodged that bullet because we were Android. I wonder how many people didn't <laughs> participate in the community at that time and just had no clue what was going on. Yeah. And how many people potentially were put off from the game without figuring out what was up? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah. So it's it it's I guess more complicated. It's, whenever I see this question, I feel like, oh, we've answered this before, but we've been around long enough that I think there's probably more to the answer than might be obvious to the person who's asking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. Our next question comes from Anada Z7S. Uh, Zed. Zed. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Canadian. Um, and they ask, um, yeah, I'm not even going to go through the spiel for this because I just did, there's enough elements here that I'm not sure I would be able to pronounce this correctly. Yeah. Uh, and the way that it's constructed means that I'm not sure that it's meant to be said or mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a name, strictly speaking. Right. Um, and they say, I know I'm late, but on online battles, augmentation of health and damage don't count. You can check, like Aquaman has 190,000 health, but when you clicked on him, he has 157,000 health. Don't know if it's a glitch. It's been going on since <laughs> augmented cards were released, I believe. So that's actually a display error. The augmentations of health and damage do count because you can see it, not only the amount of damage that's taken, but if you wanted to get um, uh, an idea in terms of how much damage they can take. Although it's hard sometimes when it's when the amount isn't big enough and the the bits of damage like when you're getting hit by Flash from Batman he's doing 22,000 each you it's hard to tell whether the last 22,000 took away 10,000 health or 15,000 health before they knocked him out yeah but the attack for sure makes a difference and if you look at the augmentation and the stats 
it gives you an idea that it has, is actually um, making a difference. So it's just that it ju- it just doesn't show it. Yeah. Which is unlike, which is related to the next question, actually, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And so the next question comes from uh, Louis Aguirre. Uh, A-G-U-I-R-R-E. I feel like the with double Aguirre? consonants, the, it should be like a... Yeah, so it's not ire, like I-R-E. Yeah. Aguirre? Maybe. Aguirre? Maybe. Louis, let us know, please. Mm-hmm. And they say, how do people not have support cards at high levels? How do you get rid slash avoid getting them, and does it make a difference? And in this case, I used to think that was a display error, too. Um, and... That was my initial assumption until I did a little bit more sort of, I, I paid attention better. And that there actually are fights against people where they have, all, I used to think nobody had their uh, support cards. And some people do. Mm-hmm. And it's really a lot of times, you know who, which cards, which, or sorry, which accounts don't have support cards? is a lot of hackers at the top of the leaderboard. Mm. So and I suspect that some of these hackers who either don't know how to hack the support cards in the game or never got around to hacking them or don't or care even spending that much. The credits. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause like who cares? Yeah. So it's funny, right? Cause there's, there's those, how do you explain the guys who have really powerful characters? Like they have the medals at E7, mm-hmm. um, but don't have gears or have gears that are un- underdeveloped. What's the, what would be a phrase for it that are unfused, unpromoted. Yeah. Like no support less cards. Powerful. Uh, crappy gear, so they've got, you know, four-star gear that they haven't uh, promoted at all, that it's not fused, it doesn't have the fourth ability. Like, it's just weird. Yeah, because just even in the time that it would take playing to get all those crystals, you would have enough money for good gears. Yeah. Like, there's no way to get one but not enough money for the other. Right. Unless you're pumping 100% of your money into other characters, and if you're at the point where you're getting medals, then you are probably playing smart enough that you uh, would prioritize some money on gears you'd think yeah you would think so it's it's sort of two sides of the coin right like one thing is clearly it's just a flaw in the game it's a displayer it's still affecting the fights you're still getting hit with a full attack no matter what's showing on the card um but mm-hmm. with the actual um support cards it, it seems like it would be so trivial to do for if you, if you were say uh using a script kit or you were a script kitty is it do you use a script kitty or you are you a script are script kitty like k-i-d-d-i-e okay so if you're a script kitty and you bought a bunch of stuff it should still be pretty easy to spend some more credits and buy more of the support cards except i guess the ones that require alliance credits but then i don't know if you're i guess oh that's true the alliance credits you couldn't buy them so using a script kitty wouldn't actually get your lines credits. It would get your power credits. Mm-hmm. So you get have all the individual support cards, but you wouldn't have the um, alliance support cards. Mm-hmm. And if you were hacking it, again, it's still all it is is just credits and I guess a little bit of time. It's not even like you need to promote them, right? You just need to go in the store and buy them all. Yeah, and I think when you're boosting the ten percent for health and damage, generally it's a good thing. The only time it's a bad thing, I think, is if you uh, for us, is if you have health but not damage, right? Right. Uh, because you're just making stats a little bit higher, so, you know, fights potentially slightly harder depending on where you're at with gear, right? right? Um, <laughs> but it's always good for battle points unless right. you're maxed out. So it's it, it just... 
because it's not something that's avoidable because you get it in the process of buying packs normally it's one of those things that's not really worth considering and it probably doesn't for what it is like 10 percent, right yeah it doesn't make enough of a difference yeah. to uh think about it that hard but it, the kicker is they're all directly available in the store yeah so you could say it maybe they don't spend enough time with the packs but even if they didn't they could just buy them yeah they're again they're not interested because it doesn't matter right it's the yeah. For the incremental difference that it makes, it's the cost value analysis, right? Like what, it doesn't really provide a significant advantage. The main advantage it provides is when you're playing single player. And if you can hack everything in and you don't need to grind, you know, single player feels like the least important mode. I feel like, and I believe this for, I don't know how true it is, that I feel like that um, a lot of the hackers don't really put in the time to play. And when you don't play it, you might just think, okay, I just want the best characters. I want them as high as I can get them. And the other stuff is just extras and they don't pay much attention to it. So they don't really get a feel for the game or an appreciation of what actually makes a difference in the fights. And that's why you get these weird teams that have no synergy, that aren't very good, yeah, with not a lot of gear. And it's just so easy to kick but like their butt super somewhere. high stats. Yeah. So that that's why I feel like that's the case, and it's a small number maybe of the hackers where they actually um, have good teams, good gears, and a good plan for the gear. So it's not just you know one guy's got all the League of Assassins gear, yeah. one guy's got all Lexcore, and one guy's got all Fourth World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I, I I guess what I what I'm trying to say is that we've got a very poor class of hackers playing Injustice. <laughs> That's true. Low investment, so they, they're clearly coming in not really caring much about the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. There was. Do you remember when there was all those people who were hacking in the boss Ares so that yes. multiplayer fights had a time limit on them? That was at oh. least kind of interesting. And we had, um, we even did a series of videos on that where we were sort of trying to find the boss Ares because what was making it interesting at the time was, so boss Ares had a time limit. If you didn't yeah. finish him off in time, he died. Uh, Kick your ass. And it was the time limit that was supposed to be just for him. <laughs> but it would lose you the whole fight. Yeah. And at the same time, one of the things they would do is stick... And again, if you want to see that, you just look up on our... Um, uh, just Google BDCKR. Not Google. Look up on YouTube BDCKR. And I think it was... We used to call them Hunting Hackers. And we had a whole series of videos. Yeah. With a really good team to, to beat them. But Red Sun Green Lantern was the kicker because he had... Um, he has the no crit damage, right? Yeah. So it'd slow you down. And on top of that, sometimes they would stick Astro Harness on him. Which is brutal. Right. So it would be uh, Wonder Wo- Red Sun Wonder Woman, Red Sun Green Lantern. So reduced damage, so it would take you longer to fight them. Yeah. And that normally we don't care about the extra time. So it's annoying. Yeah. Because the fights are slower, but it's not like you're going to lose. But then there was a timer. Then there's a timer. And then you would lose. So it was interesting. And um, what you'd want to do is I can't remember what, what other things there were that were making a difference, but you'd want to... Because um, Ares would have those moments of invulnerability, right? Where he'd um, where he, you couldn't attack him and he'd shoot stuff at you too. Yeah. That was... I, I wouldn't mind revisiting that, but we don't run into that at all anymore. I guess as much as we complain, Warner Brothers did do a um, at least... The, that much of a job in cleaning up the 
the hackers and mm-hmm. keeping those teams offline. Yeah, although they were sort of an interesting challenge. They did, oh, yeah. What, what sucked about them was when they were designed specifically just to make you lose. But if you just had the boss Ares and it was just the time limit, it, it is just kind of an extra fun timer on it. Yeah. Especially because you could still win pretty consistently. I might be remembering it wrong, though, but I think some teams, they had more, multiple Astro Harnesses, so more than one person would have an Astro Harness Yeah, harness that on sucked. Because yeah. then you get, like, 15 seconds per character. Yeah. 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 So there we go. Uh, our next question, or our next comment, comes from Olissa Oz. Uh, O-L-I-S-A-O-Z. Yeah. And they say, best way I can think of to use Batman Ninja Helmet would be uh, Batman Ninja Batman, or anyone, really, with Tantu Totem. If you knock out the opponent, you get all the power back, so the gear talents would still be in effect. Um, it's an interesting thought. Now, so here's the, to me, this is the, the, it's a good example of the kind of thought that goes into, well, how do you gear somebody? What are you thinking of doing with them? So, if you've got Batman Ninja Helmet, that's one slot. Yeah. Two slots left. You want to get your power up as quickly as possible. So that could mean either Arousal Simitar for Bar, uh, Batgirl's a teammate, mm-hmm. or the, you know, the almost cliche loadout of Tansy Totem Master Death Card. But then yeah. you're all geared out. Yeah. So when you come in, um, you're not going to get a full two bar. At least typically we don't get a full two bars. You're like one or two hits away. You hit them a couple times. Then you've got two full bars. Will you be doing enough damage to knock them out to make sure you get your bars back? Yeah. I I think what this gear setup is, is theoretically smart, but practically, when you think about it, right, the circumstances that you need the Batman Ninja Helmet's abilities Mm -hmm. is when you need somebody in as a tank. Mm-hmm. And the circumstances where you get the power back with Tantu Totem is when you're dealing enough special damage that you are consistently knocking people out. So if you're consistently knocking people out and getting the power back, you probably don't need a tank in that situation. And the mm-hmm. times when you need a tank <laughs> is probably when your special specialist has burned all their power and still not yeah, knocked somebody yeah, out. Yeah. So the main problem with that is, is that when Tantu Totem is giving you all your power back and putting you in a position where you are getting the full effect of Batman Ninja Helmet is also the times where you probably least need Batman Ninja Helmet because you're just mowing yeah. through people. And if anything, you, what you want to do is lean into it, right? Because that third gear slot can be the difference between doing a lot of damage or knocking them out. Yeah. Like, let's say you had... All right, so Batman Ninja... Batman has a great special two. It can do a buttload of damage, but... What you, but... But what you need it to do, mm-hmm. um, if you're going to really take advantage of it and the, get, you know, like 1 million plus that some people do, is because it stuns on the first part, you need to have a stun booster. If yeah. So that's Cloak of uh, Destiny or uh, Necron Scythe. And you, we don't have four gear slots. Yeah. So I, I think this gear set, what this does do is give you the closest to an all-in-one that you can have on a team. Uh, and it lets you still use... Uh, both the specials, you can use both the power on your character and still have (laughs) Batman Ninja Helmet and use those abilities on your character at the same time. But I think in terms of making the most effective possible full team, it would be better to gear somebody as a special specialist and have uh, the helmet on a different character. Just in terms of... uh, Because the two ways that we always think about stuff is what helps you finish battles faster and what helps you lose the least percentage of 
total battles. Right. Right. So it's two ways to help. Yeah. Fast or just invulnerable, like invincible. And so I think, I think anybody who needs to use the Batman Ninja helmet is going to make it so that you're losing less fights, but you're taking longer. Because right. if you're going fast, you don't get into a situation where you need to really, really reduce your damage. Most of the time, you're just your main strategy for reducing damage is killing them before they can hit you. Right. And so when you put them together on a single person like this, you're losing a little bit of the speed that you can get by increasing damage. And you are maybe losing less fights but in the fights that you're losing you might you know mindlessly uh use your power or use your power when you thought you could knock somebody out right and then it turns out that you can't and then you're left with no power and no ability to tank right so it's it doesn't seem to increase speed that much and it still leaves you the opportunity to lose a fight that you uh would would otherwise be losing if you put them all together Whereas if you have somebody whose goal is to just sit with power with the Batman Ninja helmet, that will slow down a fight a ton if you need to use them. But you way, way reduce the risk of losing any one individual yeah. fight because your guy is just so much hardier. Yeah, so it's funny. So it all right, so does it ever occur to you that they must have done a lot of beta testing or gotten really lucky in their design? Because if if they had four gear slots in each guy. Yeah. That would have changed everything. Like, you could have... Like, Batman Ninja... Batman would have... Tantu Totem. Yeah. Master's Death Cart. Give him Batman Ninja Helmet. And then give him that fourth gear that, like, Cloak of Destiny or Necron Scythe. Yeah. And he would be unstoppable. But I guess if everybody has four gear slots, you know? I, I, I don't even know how much beta testing they would do... As opposed to just, they did it arbitrarily, and when Gears first came out, uh, there was nothing that was totally changing. Actually, when Gears first came out, the healing abilities totally wrecked the game. If you had all three healing gear on one character, it was almost unwinnable. So when it first came out, they clearly didn't have beta testing. Because that could stack. Yeah, and they had to change it. And then after that, when you start with the rule of three gears, as you're introducing new gears, you just have to... You know, make sure that you don't totally break anybody. And then every once in a while, they would introduce a character or a gear or something that they'd have to change, right? So they did just make changes over time. So I think what but, it really was is just watching the community reaction yeah. to stuff. But so, but look at the gear that's actually available. Is there anything else that would be as unbalancing as putting... Like, if you... There are certain characters where you if you get a fourth gear slot, they can take out almost anybody else. Like, that puts them over the hump and being able to manage anybody that they face, no matter what other gears they've got. Because there's yeah. not enough defensive benefit on a fourth gear slot as there is an offensive benefit to the fourth gear slot. Yeah. I just think it, it, that would be interesting, though. It Having might, more gear? It, well, yeah. I guess, you know, the same way it would be interesting to have more teams where you could take advantage of uh, other passives. Oh, like having four people on a team, potentially. Right. So, you know, that... Um, you could get the like a really total power gen team, right? You get mm-hmm. Green Lantern and animated Harley Quinn, and you know, like all really load up in a way to make one guy. Yeah. There's a book. There's a fantasy book by Dave Garland or Farland called Rune Lords, where that was the idea. So they had these really powerful um, Rune Lords. They were like magic warrior wizards, whatever. And the the thing was 
they the way they got that way was they took power from other people so they had people that were sort of like their servants who would let them have their magic abilities and they would wield them so what the problem was so these guys i mean obviously intentional was that these guys were really really super powerful and the way to beat them was to get all their um they're they're not minions but all their support staff yeah once you get their support staff then they're they're like weak as like little babies that's fun yeah no it's that would be like it's it's interesting right three on a team three that's theoretically how politics is supposed to work oh (laughs) right or their power is just based off of representing a larger group of other people yes uh and then you take away their base and then they have nothing and they're just a normal person yeah. It doesn't end up working that way. No, it doesn't. Uh, because people can't move as freely to new people when they're displeased with one person, but yeah. it's supposed to be how it is. Yeah. All right, so we, we start off in justice and we end up political, and sometimes we start off political and end up in justice. Yeah, and this is a good segue because we have our sort of first uh, relatively fresh politics-related comment. So this comment comes from James Liang, and they say, dead people voted too. So this is clearly talking about the U.S. election. I guess it doesn't say anywhere specifically. I mean, we didn't reference any voting other than the U.S. election, but they could be coming and talking about something entirely unrelated. So this is a really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. And speaking of somebody from the outside looking in, I mean, I guess you could say that the idea is that um, it's mainstream media that's a problem and that there's giving one-sided stories. But it's a really interesting story. I don't... Can people hear it? I don't know. Yeah, see, he's meowing outside the door. I think he's missing us. I think he would like to be part of this uh, video, but... wants to come in and talk. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't know if he's... um, What's the word? Mature enough? Right. Like he's he's got enough self control to manage himself in, in the studio while we're doing. Yeah. I know... See, the the problem is that he's a horrible racist, so we can't actually put him <laughs> on the microphone because we'll just say the worst things. And that, and he scratches the furniture if we don't watch him sometimes. <laughs> Not really. Well, he, he this cherry does a little bit. And so, so a lot of times, if he's mellow, he's he's fine. And sometimes if he's not mellow, he really wants to get into anything, and we, we don't know which one he is until he comes in. See, I'm just worried about controlling what he says, because you put him on the mic, and you don't know what the next thing out of his mouth is. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? So, talking about dead people voting. Oh, okay. So, um, it's the, there's definitely this really funny kind of narrative that shows up a lot, right? That uh, news stories that talk about people being able to apply for ballots, and to get them... Uh, for people who shouldn't be able to vote, whether it's that they're, uh, in the most extreme cases, that they're dead, or just that they're not eligible, or yeah. that they're in the wrong district, or, or whatever, right? But the stories, what's interesting to me is that people take different things from stories, and typically the stories are, these are people who actually got caught and didn't vote. Yeah. So there are very few people, or very few stories, sorry, about people whose vote counted, and we're only caught after an audit. These are all people that, in the normal process of things, they are caught, and that's the whole story. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to represent like a whole bunch of uh, fraudulent votes. Mm-hmm. When, if anything, it's actually to me, it's a um, it's a story about the success of the system. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, part of the problem is clearly you don't get stories about people who aren't caught, right? But well, it it's interesting. Well, you can't have stories about people who are caught not in time. Yeah. So that they could, I mean, potentially, but that's those aren't the stories that we see. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it, To me, it's just the timing. Like, you can catch them right then, before the votes are tabulated and certified as part of the results. Yeah. 
or you catch them afterwards and say, yeah. Or you never catch them. Or you never catch them. But you, and I, that's also possible. And those won't be stories, but there should be, to me, there should be some stories where they get caught after the fact. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're going to give credibility to the idea that somehow, um, the system is gameable yeah. and, and vulnerable to manipulation. Yeah. And so I think that the problem when you talk about dead people voting, right, there's really what it is, is th there's two places where people's opinions can differ, which is how big a problem it is. Right. Right. And what needs to be done about it right. are sort of the two places. It's the, it's how do you prevent the input? Uh, and what is the meaning of the output? Right. And so what's, I think hard about that type of story is um, people, when you're talking about dead people voting uh, people or people trying to vote twice or whatever, uh, you're almost always trying to say my side was negatively affected by this thing that is happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the problem with dead people voting, right. Is that we only know about what actually gets caught. And we don't have a lot of evidence to suggest that this is a big problem, right. right? And it is a very worrying subversion of democracy if that's allowed to happen. Right, right. Um, but the other thing is that it is relatively effort-intensive. It's a lot of work um, to find somebody who's dead and get it passed. Because the, the ones that you hear about are people who didn't you know, do a good enough job. And so you hear the criteria that excludes them from actually slipping it past anybody. Right. And so it's the per person effort it would take to manufacture votes in large numbers by people who are dead. Uh, seems like it would be just impossible for it to be like a large scale operation Whereas there's a lot of other places of vulnerability, like in-person electronic uh, voting booths, mm. where somebody, like a single person, could hack one of those and then have access to change hundreds or thousands of votes. Right. That's why paper trail is so important. Yeah. Um, so the, the thing you touched on was like how much, like it, it's not just that it's possible, because I think it's possible, mm -hmm. but it's the degree to which it happens. And... So, I mean, you've got different examples of stuff like that, right? To me, capital punishment is, is it's an, not a similar kind of thing, but it's an illustrative kind of example where with, you don't, in my mind, you don't want to ever, you need to have enough checks and balances. If you're ever, I, I mean, I'm against capital punishment, but if you're going to have capital punishment, you need to have enough checks and balances so that you never kill an innocent person. Mm -hmm. um, and do you have that same kind of threshold for voting where, um, if you, you know, cause it's inherently like a, a clerical kind of thing where you're yeah. basically counting votes. I mean, there's the extra detail about maintaining security, make sure that people don't. And I think this is probably what you're talking about. It was a good example of why, um, it didn't make sense to me before, but that even in a, a huge federal election, like a, an election for the president, yeah, it's all administered locally because locally they have the best chance of catching people. Who shouldn't have voted. Yeah. Right? Because it's on a smaller scale. There's a better chance that they have the records that are available to them to check and the manpower to check for if, you know, this particular person is dead, they would have the roles and be able to um, look at the records mm -hmm. of whether this person is still, you know, paying taxes. Yeah. Uh, filling out, uh, or sorry, submitting 
um, uh, income tax or paying property tax or whatever kind of paper trail or electronic trail that a living person would generate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the other thing to talk about when you're talking about uh, elections and voter fraud, right, is that if you are operating in good faith, everybody has the same (laughs) goal, which is to have enough honest results from the election uh, and a high enough proportion of honest results from the election that the result doesn't get changed right. because of any fraud that's happening. Right. Where I, you want to count as many votes as is necessary to get the right answer if every single person who wanted to vote voted and not a single uh, fraudulent vote was cast. Right. And so the problem is anytime you take any step, to, uh, for example, restrict mail-in votes, potentially, for fraud, where uh, you have certain votes being discarded based off of issues in the way that they were filled out, right? Um, And, you know, with issues when they're filled out, like, if it's ambiguous, I understand that you can't, like, uh, actually take that vote, because you can't just make up what you think the person uh, intended the way that they filled it out. But every time you take one of those... uh, actions you are improving the integrity of all the votes that you are counting right but you are potentially discarding enough votes that it could change the outcome so i think at the end of the day you talk about dead people voting uh as it stands there's not evidence that any volume of that type of fraudulent voting occurred enough that it would change results and to take action above and beyond what we currently did to exclude valid votes uh, has a higher risk of changing the outcome uh, than, you know, accepting the votes of people who are dead. And, you know, I, of course, obviously for anything like that, you want to minimize the amount of fraudulent votes you count while not reducing the number of valid votes you're counting. Yeah. It's an interesting point you raised because part of, I've been following some of the, I mean, again, American electoral news is so much more interesting than Canadian stuff. There was um, 20, I think about 20 different challenges, legal challenges from the Republican Party. And the, the only one that seemed to stick was something that would have been taken care of in the normal process or was taken care of in the normal process of things. There was one district, I can't even remember which state, where they were going to do a recount because there were... 100 about 100 ballots that were in dispute yeah and the winner won by 10 votes wow so they actually were doing it anyways because of the margin yeah and because we're in the middle of the pandemic and because this is one area that i sort of know a little bit it's interesting because you've got to figure out where you want to set your threshold for because i don't think it's going to be possible to never have a mistake yeah but in, in lab tests, when you do them for medical purposes, there's, uh, or any kind of testing actually, whether it's a lab test or any kind of <coughs> attempt at discrimination. Yeah. Sensitivity is how likely a test is to pick up what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, specificity is how likely a positive test result is actually what you're looking for, not a mistake. Yeah. Okay. So in the real world, you can't really get 100%. Yeah, in in science, both. that's p value. Okay, perfect. Um, so if something is sensitive enough to pick up every instance of what you're looking for, you get some false positives. Yeah. And if something is very specific, then in order to exclude everything that's wrong, you exclude a few of the ones that are right. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes a matter of, well, what level do you pick? 
to yeah. make sure and it, what level you pick depends on what you value mm-hmm. because you know what the impact is going to be on, on your result. Yeah. P, P value is the chance in science that the sort of uh, sample that you got of the complete population, what the chance is that the result that you got was obtained just by chance, random chance yeah. that you happen to get an unrepresentative sample. So that's, that's exactly what it is for voting, right? Which is that you assume that there are some not real votes, right? That there's a certain percentage of voter fraud or that there's a certain percentage of whatever happening yeah. even, or you could even go further and say that there's a certain percentage of people who just aren't voting for whatever reason. Right. And it's, what's the chance that you got this result uh, just because of the, specific mix of data that you got and not because it's actually representative of everybody. So I think it's definitely a related idea, but I don't think it's getting at what I want meant to, because I, because the sensitivity and specificity to me is, is the idea, I guess, of it's inherent in the test. It's built into the test and the P value has to do with the quality of the results that you're getting in the sample that you took. Okay. Okay, so they're a little different then. Yeah, because to me, I, I'm thinking of the test of how do you screen uh, for voters and votes? How do you decide that a voter was legitimate and that their vote was legitimate? Mm-hmm. And if, you, um, if you're if you too sensitive to voter fraud, meaning that you're too exclusionary, um, then you end up excluding people whose votes should have counted. Oh, yeah. So when you talk about stuff like ID cards, and right. the more like identification you require that certain right. populations could validly not possess and then you balance that against well if you're too relaxed your your threshold is too low for screening out for potential voters fraud you'll make sure everybody who could vote and wanted to vote their vote counts Mm -hmm. but then you're open to more votes that shouldn't have counted uh, yeah count making a difference and then like having a small number of people sway like results yeah so i mean we're we're sort of running we ran out of time. We're going to, we stuck up some more footage, but there's been a, there's a, a, there's a great Twitter thread that I saw where some guy was trying to address every single sort of declaration of voter fraud. I just want to mention some of the more interesting ones. The, the one of the big ones. So remember I was saying about how you want to catch them after they voted. Yeah. There was one where, um, there were two actually. So there was, uh, they're taken as examples. There was a Linda Kessler, L I N D A Kessler that was supposed to have been dead and voted, but it turns out she was not dead. Hmm. And the person who voted, they, there was a clerical error, and they spelled her name wrong. She was actually L-Y-N-D-A, Linda Kessler. Oh, okay. Uh, the other one was that James Blaylock, who should have died years ago, was apparently um, voting. And as it turns out, because of the, the way they tabulated the, the names, they don't include the honorific. So it was not Mr. James Blaylock that voted, who had died. It was Mrs. James Blaylock, who's... Uh, was also known as Agnes Blaylock, but sh- for the purposes of her voting, she'd always voted as Mrs. James Blaylock. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, in the few cases where potentially it looks like the kind of scenarios where you could really convince me that there were problems with the system and there weren't enough checks and balances, if anything turned out, it was actually just right. Yeah, and I think the problem with stuff like that is that there's such a wide potential volume of people to draw from like hundreds of millions of votes yeah uh as your pool for pointing out like specific individual errors that it's never going to be super hard to find individual places where voting is screwed up i just think that we don't have anything that indicates a sort of larger problem we don't have anything that indicates a volume of this happening yeah versus just specific anecdotes right yeah right which Um, i guess is the kind of thing that some people would say with police violence though so we, we, we might have to return to that idea 
think about that when yeah. we have more time to talk about it because I yeah. think that definitely is uh, maybe by itself something that could be challenged. We'd have to maybe refine our right. stance on that right. to understand exactly where we sit with it. And it maybe if I could just in, indulge me a little bit, just I'm going to read one quote from a, a news story from a local news channel. Mm-hmm. Um, the I guess their news station is the I-Team. The I-Team has compared state da- data and other information provided by the White House and compiled by the Heritage Foundation. The data reflects that out of more than 7 million votes... 7 million that have been cast in Nevada elections since 2008. Two votes are known to have been cast illegally. Two out of 7 million. These votes belong to a person who is not in the country legally and cast one vote in the 2008 general election and voted again in 2010. So technically it's two votes, same person. Yeah, so one one person who's doing <laughs> voter fraud who was not in the country legally who voted twice. Yeah. that's an, And that's a real person. That's not somebody en masse trying to right. um, sway results. That's just a single entity acting by themselves to right, right. Uh, vote. Okay, interesting. So there we go. Yeah, we're out of time. I think we probably, if anybody comments and wants to continue this discussion, we'll probably end up coming back to this or similar ideas. Oh, I'd be happy. It's just interesting. Like, I'm just, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an interesting deep dive into this kind of stuff and just all the stuff that's happening. We don't get nearly as much excitement in Canada. Yeah. Oh, and remember, we want to hear, your, I want to hear your guesses. <laughs> Even nobody else does, I want to hear your guesses in today's comments. There we go. So to finish up, we've got some people that we could want to say some things to. Uh, first off, a quick shout out to Eliza Polaroid Enthusiast Caton. Uh, she's a hipster for old expensive photography technology. And this shout out has been brought to you by paying for pictures by the photo and not being able to review them digitally, just having to, to print them out, whatever you got. That was why we got our first digital camera, because we went on a trip, we took a bunch of pictures, and they turned out like crap they're all bad and that was back in the day where it cost you a certain amount to develop a role yeah and that you could pay for doubles of the role for a much less uh, much lower price but if you were to reprint one individual picture it would be more expensive so you develop a role per picture to get a reprint would cost way more yeah and if you just got a second copy it would cost way less so what we did was we went on a trip <laughs> we caught our pictures developed and we had a double set of crap yeah, just a lot of garbage. <laughs> and that was it. That was the... And then we were sold on the whole digital revolution. So there we go. And we'd also like to give a huge thank you to everybody who supports us on <coughs> Patreon. So that is uh, Consul Peasant and Ed Wood, who are supporting us at the highest last word tier. Mohammed Shady at the Your Message Q tier. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Mull, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., and Irvin Ruiz, who support us on the credited level, and Chris Wolf, Scarlett Danny, Awesome Gamer 241, Pavu RS, and Gavin Malot at the gratitude level. Oh, we almost forgot Eddie Do again. Oh, we and Eddie Do. Yeah. yeah. There we go. It's still not in the list. Thank you so much for your support, and thank you to all of you for watching, listening, however you're engaging with us. We'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.